the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. At 106, it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, good afternoon on this Monday afternoon. It is 106 on this Monday February 7th, and this portion of our program is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Hey, listen, right now, maybe you're out on the road, pop in and see them. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, full bar, large dining area, easily situated right off of 146. I love it there. You're going to love it as well, and especially this week as the weather starts to warm up. Folks, can't wait till we're going to be able to enjoy that nice big deck outside that they've added. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, stop in and see them. So I want to bring up to speed on some of the news of the day and something to watch. Obviously, is this um, this situation, this situation that that is happening right now. Uh, I can't stress it enough, this situation with Russia. Ukraine, um, everything that is happening right now. And, and it would seem that Russia uh, is going to wait until after the Olympics, that they're in fact going to um, take action. And then the same thing, I, there's a, a lot of speculation that China is going to wait until after their own Olympics that they're hosting, that the numbers are, are way off. And, you know, as I've talked about, there was a time that, you know, like many of you, I used to watch and like the Olympic Games. But I don't know. There's just something about it. It does seem too political. And this um, whole business of it does seem like a big propaganda on behalf of China. But I want to see some of these other headlines. Marjorie Taylor Greene says the Republicans need, quote, a civil war within the party. To stop what's happening to our country. You know, you're seeing this on top of that in other areas. You're seeing this where there's a number of people that seemingly, uh, the never Trumpers kind of started it, but they just, um, they, they just continue to act as though, you know, there was nothing good about President Trump. They're, they're blind to the fact that President Trump, with all his flaws and the mean tweets and all this other stuff, listen, folks, look look at what's happening under Biden. Um, you know, and then you have to decide which which one is worse. And I think most people that are reasonable would say the direction the country's going right now, which and that is that a lot of people are unhappy with the direction that the country is going right now. So that's why when I was playing some of the the sound of that protest over the weekend, like these people are just delusional, to, you know, telling the United States. And this was at the Rhode Island State House to you have to demand diplomacy from Putin. We're not the aggressor here. That That's the words of a fool. You know, the old expression, sometimes better to remain silent um, and be perceived perhaps as a fool than to open your mouth and confirm it for everyone. And to me, that's exactly what is is going on right now. So now let me uh, let's get to some of the sound over the course of the weekend. But I mean it because of that whole vote that they took and uh, the party uh, in Salt Lake City. 
you know, so then the first 20 minutes, instead of being about instead of being about the failures of the Biden administration, everything suddenly just became about January 6th and Trump's hold on the party and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, you know, you have that ultimate fraud like Stacey Abrams, who takes a picture surrounded by a group of children. They're all wearing masks in the school and she's not having a mask on. And when they question her, what does she say? How dare anyone challenge me during Black History Month? These people are not anchored in reality. All right, let's go to CNN. We have someone defend Stacey Abrams. Um, and you would expect that this is where someone would be defending. Steve, Stacey Abrams, by the way, she's the woman who ran for governor of Georgia, lost, would never concede that she lost. So when they talk about undermining democracy, what about Stacey Abrams that would never admit that she lost? So let's hear, she's not trying to harm children, not at all. This is a CNN defense of Stacey Abrams. I mean, in politics, is it unhelpful? The answer is yes, because now we're talking about it on CNN. Trust me, they're going to be talking about it on Fox News all week long. And so it definitely ain't helpful. The people, though, who are outraged weren't going to vote for Stacey Abrams anyway. From a public health perspective or from a just a pure perspective, did she make a mistake? If my kid was in the classroom, would I be outraged? The answer is definitely not. Uh, Stacey Abrams is not trying to harm children. She was not flaunting our regulations purposefully. She took a picture with her mask off and everyone else had their mask on. So there, there's not an issue there. But politically, she probably wants the day back because now she's going to lose a week or two having to deal with this issue, which is for the most part a non-issue. You know, that's wrong. You know, for these people like Governor McKee and Stacey Abrams to continue to preach that everybody's going to wear a mask or the governor of California and children must wear masks. And then they flout that they're not wearing one. All right, let's go to Face the Nation. And this is Scott uh, Gottlieb, who says, I think you're going to start to see governors pull back on the masking in schools. We talk about clear steps and masks. The governor of Virginia, we talked about on this program, you know, lifted the the mask mandate for schools. And he, on on January 2nd, excuse me, on January 23rd, when I asked you what should be done here you said that was too early but in two weeks we'd be in a place where mask mandates could be lifted so that puts us right where we are right now can mask mandates be lifted in most schools look i think you're going to see governors start to do that i think we're two weeks out we've seen prevalence come down connecticut their mask mandate is uh, expires on february 15th i would expect that that's not going to be renewed and schools in the state of connecticut will very quickly lift uh, mask requirements for students i think you're going to see the same thing in new york new jersey other states where omicron has come down where vaccination rates are especially high i think you're going to see states do that uh, and we're at a point where we can safely contemplate that that doesn't mean that this isn't going to continue to spread but when prevalence is low you have a lot of people who've been infected who have some level of immunity for a period of time and you have high vaccination rates we can start to lean forward and take a little bit more risk and try to at least make sure that students and schools have some semblance of normalcy for this spring term a lot of kids haven't really known a normal school day for two years now so we want to we need to try to lean forward aggressively to try to restore that and reclaim it when- irreparable harm irreparable harm is how it's being depicted Irreparable harm to children. And right now on this Monday at 114, 
Governor McKee continues to try to get permission from the teacher unions to unmask children in schools. And there are still people out there that are demanding. You know, there are some members of the progressive left. There are members of the Rhode Island Democrat Party and the teachers unions. They want permanent masks on children in schools. Permanent masks on children in schools. I also want you to look at what else they want. They would be perfectly happy if all children had to dress in gray. And there were no gender used. There's no boy. There's no girl. There's just a young child sitting there in a mask. In gray shirt and gray pants. No expression. Can't tell if it's a boy. Can't tell if it's a girl. In their world, in the progressives, the progressive left. And there's a a number of them in the northern part of the state. Their their utopia is there's no more gender norms. Gender is not used in a school. Everything's gender neutral. There's no little boys. There's no little girls. Everyone's in a mask. Everyone has gender neutral names. You can't tell is it a boy or a girl. You know, what's the child's name? The child's name is Mountain. Oh, Mountain is their name. Is that a boy or a girl? There's no such thing. We don't believe in gender norms. I remember in the Boston Globe, they had that picture of these parents in Cambridge. You know, people in the neighborhood could see that the couple, I don't know if they were even married, but that there was a female and she was expecting and da, da, da. And so finally, they didn't see her for a little while. Then they saw her pushing a stroller. And so some of the people in the neighborhood said, hey, I'm just went up and you see a little baby there. And they would see that the child was in drab gray type colors, no pink, no blue. Right. You see the gender reveals. If pink comes shooting out, it's going to be a girl. If it's blue, it's a boy. And they were looking and the child was in gray type colors. So then they they asked the, the mother, oh, did you have you have a is it did you have a boy or a girl? Uh, that's inappropriate to ask me was the response. We're, we're going to let the child decide. We're going to we're not going to frame them. We're going to let them decide when they get older what their gender is. Folks, do you hear how twisted that is? How twisted that is that these people and, and that is the Rhode Island Democrat Party. That is the Rhode Island Democrat Party, by the way, that Governor McKee, sadly, is a slave to. They call the shots. They absolutely call the shots. That is the Rhode Island Democrat Party. That is the Democrat Party, as a matter of fact. Uh, sadly, that's what the party has become. So, but uh, all I'm going to say about the Joe Rogan Spotify situation is they're not done yet going after him. And so far, Spotify is saying, you know what, we're going to hold strong. We're not going to cave to the mob. But don't be fooled into thinking that they're done. Because they're not done. They will try. They, 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 they're never done. It started all because he had doctors on who were giving a different opinion on the situation with COVID, 
vaccines, um, natural immunity. You know, when you think about it, at 118, again, folks, on this Monday, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 or 99.9 FM. What happens when, you, when you're going to, you know, get surgery? M- most doctors will say you're more than welcome to go to someone else and get a second opinion, even a third opinion. But in this particular situation, they didn't, they didn't like that. That wasn't supposed to be allowed weren't supposed to say something like that. Um, and, and the mob that so far that Spotify is standing by, you know, Joe Rogan. And it, it's it's all politics. It's, it's all simply because, you know, and I think Justin Katz, who I want to give credit to of our segment Politics This Week, AnchorRising.com, Managing Editor. I, I think... His uh, depiction of, in fact, um, the fact it's a big part of that is who controls the information, right? Who controls the information? That's what this is really about. What they don't like, I think that's accurate. What they don't like is the fact that someone like a Joe Rogan is people are finding other ways other than CNN mainstream media to get their information, and they don't like it. And they do want to make an example out of him. From now on, we will decide. We decide exactly how people get their information. And and it's not going to be like that. It's not going to be through the likes of someone like that. Now, let me also go. This is something, there's two stories I want to touch on. One is the Freedom Convoy, where Ottawa in uh, Canada, they're declaring a, um, a national emergency right now in uh, Ottawa. Let me hear, um, this is a Good Morning America ABC piece on this convoy. I think we have it right here. Emergency in response to more than a week of truckers protesting against COVID restrictions. The mayor saying the protests pose a threat to public safety. The city center shut down with trucks blocking roads. The city is under siege. This is a threat to our democracy. It is a nationwide insurrection. This is madness. It began when thousands of long-haul truckers descended upon the city, angry about a federal mandate requiring them to be vaccinated to cross into the United States. We're not in China. We're not in Cuba. This is a free country. Authorities say at least 500 truckers refuse to leave. This is not a police-only, city of Ottawa-only challenge. It is, in fact, a national challenge. And now we're learning the protests have spread to Vancouver, where demonstrators allegedly spread nails across roads. TJ, we will keep following. You know, this is where I wouldn't be surprised if this starts to happen in our country. I think it should. But immediately, people are calling it an insurrection. All right, let's go to French president meeting with Putin as tension is rising. The question you have to ask yourself, is Putin really intimidated by the French? I think BLM, Rhode Island, should be very happy that the French president is demanding diplomacy. Let's hear the ABC piece. 
Moscow to meet with Vladimir Putin as Russia mobilizes more troops even closer to Ukraine's border. Macron telling reporters before leaving Paris it's essential to stop the situation deteriorating. U.S. officials estimate that Russia now has in place 70% of the forces needed for a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Satellite images show Moscow's military massing in neighboring Belarus. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan warning that there is a, quote, very distinct possibility that Putin will order an attack on Ukraine. It could take a number of different forms. It could happen as soon as tomorrow, or it could take some weeks yet. Uh, He has put himself in a position with military deployments. Uh, to be able to act aggressively against Ukraine at any time now. But intelligence agencies in the U.S. and NATO allies assess that Putin has not made a final decision on an invasion, and Russia denies any intention to attack. The Russian military released video showing drills alongside troops from Belarus, which they say are part of scheduled war games, including tanks and heavy mobile missile launchers, and even long-range nuclear-capable bombers flying over Belarus. In the Black Sea, Russia has up to 30 ships at the ready, including five amphibious assault ships that could be used for beach landing. For years, Vladimir Putin has poured money into the Russian military, which was once crumbling, seeking to reassure Russian dominance in the region. This is a military that's backed by a lot of firepower, a lot of air power, naval power. The Russian Navy's gathering in the Mediterranean. It's very different from sort of the past uh, remembrance of the poor Russian military performance in the 90s. Over the weekend, U.S. troops arrived in Eastern Europe to reinforce NATO, and more U.S. military equipment arrived in Ukraine as the window for diplomacy narrows. Ukrainians we've spoken with here don't see the situation in the same dire terms the Pentagon does. They've lived with Russian threats and aggression for years. One woman telling me Putin is crazy, but he won't invade because she said America will help us. Jordan, a lot of confusion. Well, again, folks, you know, there you go. You don't you don't assemble all those troops unless you want something planned to use them. And there's no evidence of that. And again, you go back to, as I was playing earlier, the foolishness of, uh, of Black Lives Matter, Rhode Island, demanding diplomacy. We are demanding diplomacy from Putin. Let's hear. This is the BLM pack in a rally outside the Rhode Island State House on Saturday. Issues with Here we go. This is why the BLM pack calls for no war with Russia. We cannot continue to resolve our issues with other nations through tension or violence. Our U.S. government must choose diplomacy, create dialogue, and make peace with Russia and its long list and our government's long list of its adversaries. You know, the yeah, the um, you know, it is frightening for them to think that what we, we're not trying that we're not trying to avoid war. You think the United States, do you think we want to go to war? And what, I think the last line of that ABC report was very interesting. What did that woman say? We have the Americans. We have the Americans. That's the only thing that is standing in the way of Russia taking over Ukraine. And starting, basically almost starting World War III is the Americans. Listen, I also, folks. I also don't want, we, we have a lot of problems in this country, but you know, even when they have the money, look, look how they don't even spend it wisely. Governor McKee, they had a surplus of $600 million. That's our money. We were overtaxed. 
Does he even think of offering it back to you? No. They give it all to the special interests. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Brothers Disposal. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal today. Now, what's Brothers Disposal? That's a fair question. You can ask that at 126 on this Monday. Brothers Disposal will deliver a purple dumpster to your driveway. Call them 401-688-0517. Now, they also offer weekly trash collection services. But let's talk about that purple dumpster. If you're going to clean out your basement or your attic, you want to get rid of some unwanted belongings, maybe you're planning on moving, call Brothers Disposal. It's so much easier and faster if you have a dumpster delivered to your driveway and then just walk out your door, boom, plump it in there, or your business, and then they just take it away. Way. And they're also offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland at Brother's Disposal. Come on, brother. Call Brother's Disposal, 401-688-0517. I want to go back to, um, and I want to give her credit, my former colleague uh, at Down the Dial, when we used to work together, uh, Eileen Violet, when uh, she wrote a good piece in the Valley Breeze, The Sacred Cows Are Mooing. She writes, forgive me for titling a column I used almost 14 years ago, like then, but with more money now. The state has a surplus, $618 million, and $1.3 billion Cares Act infusion of cash. Think about, folks, that's $2 billion. The towns and cities with federal grants, Attorney General announcing state's going to get $114 million from opioid. What does Rhode Island do? Well... Unlike the governor of Massachusetts, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee has proposed no tax cuts for anyone. No tax revenue will be returned to taxpayers who put the money in the coffers. Instead, the usual sacred cows, the special interest who demand from elected officials will bathe in the cash. Take just one example of what looks like something good to do with money but might now turn out so rosy. The governor wants, Governor McKee wants $250 million spent on housing and homelessness. Certainly, it's hard to argue with $5 million for shelter capacity, $21 million remediate homelessness. The rest of the allocation will be spent, quote, increasingly housing inventory. This was exactly the situation 14 years ago when housing was a state priority, which turned out to be a bust. Far too many groups then got the money, didn't have the expertise to build houses. 2008, the journal had an article about the neighborhood coalition in South Providence that built six houses in that neighborhood. They cost $345,000 each. The homes were then listed on the market for $147,000. Only one family moved to purchase a house after many months while the housing stock deteriorated. The governor's proposed $50 million. To provide 17,500 down payment first-time homeowners. What makes the government think the banks have traditionally had it all wrong? Requiring folks to have sufficient assets. But for the one time the bank industry employed the same predicate and lost billions. In 2008, the state threw money at wannabe homeowners who invested in tenements thinking the rentals would pay their mortgage. Not only these owners lose the tenements, also the tenants were evicted causing a double whammy. The grand experiment of fixing blighted properties in urban areas left areas looking like tombstone without the prairie tumbleweed. So, again, I want to give um, uh, credit to my former colleague, uh, 
Arlene Violet for this um, wonderful piece in the Valley Breeze for pointing it out because the the sad part about this is the the Democrat Party right now um, the Democrat Party basically the the party platform is you you cannot talk about tax cuts uh, masking in schools is also part of the Democrat Party platform um, it's like when did that become why is it why shouldn't we get some of that money why shouldn't you get some of your money you know they're never sure how to how do we do this fairly and so forth you know what you know there's a way to do it fairly would be the people that pay the taxes get the tax cuts but that's not what he's doing instead he is completely kowtowing and caving to the progressive left and the special interest and he does it at his own peril Governor McKee has to recognize right now, on this Monday, February 7th, he has a 34% approval rating and it's dropping. How's it, how, how does that work out for him? And what did he do? He could say, well, the reason I have such a low, low approval rating is because of Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott. Yeah, except she's no longer there. She should have been fired. So she's no longer there. And then on top of that, you're now starting next month going to pay her 46,000 a month to do nothing. How does that make sense to anybody? Folks, good afternoon. It's the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now right now it's 131 on this Monday, February 7th. The Super Bowl is coming up on Sunday. Um, this portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Listen, if you were in an accident, and there were a lot of accidents over the past week because of all the snow and ice, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Let me ask you, on this Monday, did someone hit your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly a total vehicle, you can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 401 401- 272-3340. They're going to work for you, not the insurance company, West Fountain Auto Body. 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. It's West Fountain Auto Body. Folks, as always, visit the website, depetro.com, and don't forget, depetro.com, which is brought to you by Realtor, and she is just fantastic. It's Pat Elston. The birthday girl of last week, Caldwell Banker Realty. Call Pat, especially anyone that's thinking of moving to get into CD2. You want to call with a professional, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's Pat Elston, 401-474-5253. And there's a link at the website, depetro.com. Well, folks, again, at 133, good afternoon. I also want to, um, you have the situation with... Uh, um, so this is interesting. Um, uh, Dr. Ja, as infections decline, we'll see more of this. The governor of New Jersey didn't see white mask mandate. We'll leave to local districts to decide. Managing the pandemic means using public health tools during surges, relaxing them when surges wane. So he's saying it's a move to normalcy. So I believe that 
And there's a lot of people in the Democrat Party that they don't want this. I believe my prediction is Governor McKee is going to say he's going to let uh, locals decide. They're going to let um, they're going to let the locals decide. And there's already a lot of things been written. In the coming days, we're going to see many governors, local leaders lift the mask mandates. Um, but I, I agree with those saying that it is too late. It's they, they turned a blind eye and a deaf ear to anyone, any parent that was upset about these mask mandates. Um, I also want to mention yesterday, this week, Chris Christie I think he's going down a dangerous path if he continues to attack uh, President Trump. I do. And I've made that publicly known. Let's hear. This is him yesterday on January 6th. Uh, talking Answer about that question. Where does he really stand and why now? Why did he do it now? Well, look, um, Martha, I think that the actions the vice president took on January 6th spoke loudly. And I'm glad he's finally put words to it. I don't know why it took him so long, but I'm glad that he. Where does he really Hold stand on. in the He's talking about Pence. And what Pence did, listen, there was no reason for Pence to, they all think they're going to attack Trump. That, that, that's not going to help them win a GOP primary in 2024. And Christie's even positioning himself against former Vice President Mike Pence, who I just, I don't think the guy has a shot. I don't think Pence has a shot. But here's uh, Chris Christie yesterday on ABC's This Week. Well, look, um, Martha, I think that the actions the vice president took on January 6th spoke loudly, and I'm glad he's finally put words to it. I don't know why it took him so long, but I'm glad that he did. Um, And let's face it, let's call this what it is. January 6th was a riot that was incited by Donald Trump uh, in an effort to intimidate Mike Pence and the Congress into doing exactly what he said in his own words last week, overturn the election. Now, he's trying to do a cleanup on aisle one here um, and correcting that stuff, but it's not going to change. He actually told the truth by accident. He wanted the election to be overturned. Donald Trump did respond um, to what the vice president said, and I think it's kind of akin to the kid standing in the corner holding his breath. Um, You know, it's immature um, and it's beneath you. Listen, the, the real answer here, as many of you know, you can't discuss, in my, my mind, and I want you to understand this, folks, at one thirty-six on this Monday. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can't discuss January 6th without discussing the what happened the summer of 2020, which was the entire nation watched as Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and the progressive left, all these people absolutely destroyed every major city, and there were no repercussions for it. And they tore down monuments, and they destroyed New York, and they destroyed Minneapolis, and they destroyed uh, parts of Wisconsin, and Philadelphia, and Atlanta, and Providence, and there were no repercussions for it. You can't discuss one without discussing the other. Now, there's a new controversy of someone shot, and it happened in Minneapolis. 22-year-old black man fatally shot. 
You call it a no-knock warrant. I want to hear, this was the uh, piece that they ran on Good Morning America. Still working to determine if the officer who fired his weapon could face charges. Over the weekend here, protesters taking to the streets. Demonstrators demanding answers over the weekend in Minneapolis about the police killing of 22-year-old Amir Locke. Police body cam video captures officers as they use a key to quietly enter this apartment and then announce themselves. Locke appears to be asleep under a blanket and startled awake. Police say he had a gun in his hand when an officer opened fire within nine seconds of entering, killing Locke. We've paused the difficult-to-watch video. Locke's heartbroken parents talking to ABC News overnight. He didn't have an to hurt those officers. He wasn't even awake. That he was um, my second born. He was awake. Um, he was a beautiful baby boy. He was awake. He was respectful and caring. Everybody that came in contact with him loved him. Loved ones say Locke legally owned the gun seen in his hand and was a responsible owner. He researched everything. Very intelligent on Amir's part before he even purchased the kind of gun that he wanted. And he made sure that it was licensed with the permit. The officers were carrying out a no-knock warrant for a homicide investigation in St. Paul, but Locke, who does not live in the apartment, was not listed on that warrant. Many jurisdictions across the country have banned no-knock warrants, but the attorney for the family of Amir Locke believes the practice must be halted nationwide. No-knock warrants have deadly consequences. The officer who fired his weapon has been identified as Mark Henneman. He's been placed on paid administrative leave. Locke's family now calling for his dismissal. After seeing that video of my son being executed because he was sleeping on the couch at a family member's house, at this time, I'm like That's a lie. And St. Paul police say it was Minneapolis police who insisted this be a no-knock warrant. The mayor here has issued an immediate moratorium on all no-knock warrants in the wake of all this. But again, that, that's a lie. I'm watching it. That's not what happened. He wasn't sleeping. He was awake. And as soon as he started, they could then suddenly see a gun come out from under the covers. That is not what happened. And it doesn't even, like, here, here they have its body cam footage. You can see he has the gun. I want to just play the beginning part of this again. Just the beginning part again. Police killing of 22-year-old Amir Locke. Police body cam video captures officers as they use a key to quietly enter this apartment and then announce themselves. Locke appears to be asleep under a blanket and startled awake. Police say he had a gun in his hand when an officer opened fire within nine seconds of entering, killing Locke. We've paused the difficult-to-watch video. Locke's heartbroken parents talking to... Now, again, I, I don't want to... It, that that's exactly what happened. Now, I, I, here's what I believe, without having all the details as of yet. Number one, I I don't know what the charge was that they needed this no knock warrant. Listen, it's a tense time. Police are going in on a situation like this. Um. 
as soon as they see a gun and someone's awake and they're moving the blanket with the gun in their hand, I, I mean, I, again, it, it could be that that's a tough one. It's in a split second that they have to make the decision. And I think if you're a, a police officer and you are going in in a situation like this, um, as soon as they see a weapon, they're firing. Now, and this wasn't one or two police. This was a slew of police that were going through the door. And, for instance, there was no mistake of who it was. There was no mistake. He can't, this one, they can't say, well, he didn't know they were police. He absolutely, now you could say he was half asleep, but maybe he was initially startled, wasn't sure. But they, he can't, even then, you know, that's a tough one because then you're half asleep. I mean, what, what activity was he in that he was literally sleeping with a gun? All right, I want to get to, again, um, this is where today this uh, Cranston dentist, Stephen Scully's having his uh, case. October 1st. Now, Dr. Stephen Scully says he was left with no choice but to file a lawsuit. Eric Ritchie, live in studio with who's named in this suit. Well, Patrick, here's the suit right here, and in it, he's named Governor Dan McKee and Interim Health Department Director Dr. Jim McDonald, saying that they've acted unconstitutionally and irrationally by denying his medical exemption from the COVID vaccine mandate. In the suit here, he's only asking for two things. I'm just asking to get back to work. In conjunction with it, I'm asking that they recognize acquired immunity and recognize the science going forward so that others in my position can get back to work as well. Those requests in this lawsuit filed Friday by the New Civil Liberties Alliance. It's a nonprofit civil rights organization out of Washington, D.C. It's asking for a temporary restraining order that would allow Dr. Stephen Scully and his 10-person staff to return to their Cranston office and resume seeing patients. Dr. Scully was forced to shut down his oral surgery practice back in October when the COVID vaccine mandate for health care workers went into effect, and he declined the shot for medical reasons. The lawsuit notes Dr. Scully's history of Bell's palsy paralysis and notes the, quote, scientifically demonstrated association between COVID-19 vaccination and the onset of Bell's palsy paralysis. But Dr. Scully says the state denied his exemption request because Bell's palsy is not recognized by the CDC as a known side effect of the vaccines. He spent the last four months in a multitude of hearings, he says, with the state, but he says they've not gotten him back to work, so he was left no choice but to take it to federal court. Not the way I like to roll. I've never sued anybody. Um, the fact that now the governor, with the blessing or the oversight of the General Assembly, is considering extending the mandates, I really had no choice. Uh, I want to get back to work. I feel like I've abandoned my patients, my staff, and even my profession. 
So we reached out to the governor's office and to the health department about the lawsuit. Spokespersons for both offices, though, telling us they're not going to comment on pending litigation. Dr. Scully's first federal court hearing this afternoon at 2 o'clock. He also, by the way, had a hearing this morning with the Department of Labor and Training about why he's being denied unemployment benefits. He says he was insulted by their response. Brittany Schaefer picking up the story from here. She'll have all of that starting this afternoon at 4 o'clock. For now, live in studio, Erica Ritchie, 12 News. Great job by Erica Ritchie. She's a solid reporter. Folks, at 145, good afternoon. Obviously, we wish the best for uh, Dr. Scully. If you want to email me, go to the website, depetro.com. Steve from Attleboro. Uh, you just click on Contact John. Uh, Juan, the way I see the shooting is the fact police are so spooked over the mass, vast amount of recent police shootings. They take no chances when they see a gun. I, you could be right, Steve. I mean, I, I hate seeing something like that. The the video in Minneapolis, that's police video. So now they're filming everything going on. And even when they they stop and they show that... He has a gun in his hand. You know, the other side, I think it's so reckless that the other side, they, they, they traffic in misinformation. You know, uh, police go and he's asleep on the couch. But you, you clearly see the person is awake and they have a gun in their hand and they're moving, stretching outward like they're going to get up and open fire. That's crystal clear but all the protesters what do they say uh the police just open fire on someone who's sleeping on the couch that that is not true all right i got an email also from Lindsay. one can you play more of the woman singing about the protest no war with russia all right let me play a little more of uh i think is this is from uprise our right understand and practice the art of peacemaking. This was the Rhode Island State House. study war no more. Join me in singing. Yep. I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield. Yep. Down by the the riverside. Down by the riverside. Down by the riverside. Now let me just explain. This is Putin has the the Russian troops on the Ukrainian border. The United States, our allies, are doing everything in their power to try to stop Putin from invading Ukraine. That doesn't stop some progressives from having a protest rally at the Rhode Island State House Saturday. And this is one of the speakers. They're, the number one um, demand that they were saying was they demand diplomacy. They demand the United States engage in diplomacy they feel the United States is almost to blame that it's a big war machine. And then you have this uh, pacifist activist who then uh, speaks. I'm so here we go. Extremely frightening. Yeah. And I don't pretend to understand all the complications, you all got that the right. details of what this is about. But right. I know enough to know that oh. there is no military solution. And what I... Can I just stop the tape? Russia has their troops along the Ukrainian border. Ukraine, the United States, NATO, our allies are trying to stop them from invading. This uh, peace activist, uh, military is not the... Listen, no, tell that to Putin. Really aggravated about, and that isn't even a strong enough word, is that here we are... 
still dealing with a pandemic where people around the world are suffering. How inconvenient. And we are in the process of destroying the planet with climate change. And I don't think any of us want another war. So what I think is it's high time that my government began to understand and practice the art of peacemaking. I see. And to study war no more. Yep. Join me in singing. Oh. I'm gonna lay down yep. my sword and shield. Here we go. Down by the riverside. Down by the riverside. Nancy Olympic McFarlane. Down by the riverside. No, this is Nancy Hood. Excuse my me. Sword and shield. I've heard of her. Down by the riverside. Putin's on the border with his troops, and let's all sing. There we go. Well, there's the solution, folks. Get the military band over there. Yep. That's right. Right. Send the military band over and demand diplomacy. Yep. Here we go. There's the solution. If it's only that easy. She can sing to Putin and the Russian troops. Yep. Whoever thought it would be that easy. Don't send guns. Send a harmonica. Oh. There we go. Oh, the solution, folks. Same thing with China and Taiwan. My goodness. Who ever thought it was this easy? Nancy Hood, East Bay Citizens for Peace. You know, I've been singing that song since I was a kid, and I love that song, but I'd like to see a time when we don't have to sing that song. Well, right now, Nancy, the reason why people, you're singing that is not because of the United States. It's because of the aggression, aggression from Russia and Putin. That's what it is. So call it out. These individuals. No. You know, I, I would like, like everyone else, when you look at, I want to be re- um, reasonable that the amount of money, I'm not denying. Do you, do you think, of course we don't want to send our troops over there. Of course we don't want to engage in that. At what cost? And, and President Biden should act with our allies. Good. I'm glad that the president of France met with Putin. And then he can report back on just how that went. How did that go? Was that successful? Do you think that that was um, a successful negotiation? 
So, of, of, of course, of course it was not a successful negotiation. Do you think that Putin is intimidated by what, the French army? I don't think so. As a matter of fact, we know that he's not. And that's the problem. But that, that is the Democrat Party. That's the Democrat Party. No, we need to focus on the homeless and the panhandlers. Can I play the, um, the piece again? Can we just play the, the sound of the French president meeting with Putin as tension is rising? I just want to hear this one more time. Here we go. Even closer to Ukraine's border. Macron telling reporters before leaving Paris, it's essential to stop the situation deteriorating. U.S. officials estimate that Russia now has in place 70% of the forces needed for a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Satellite images show Moscow's military massing in neighboring Belarus. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan warning that there is a, quote, very distinct possibility that Putin will order an attack on Ukraine. It could take a number of different forms. It could happen as soon as tomorrow, or it could take some weeks yet. Uh, He has put himself in a position with military deployments uh, to be able to act aggressively against Ukraine at any time now. But intelligence agencies in the U.S. and NATO allies assess that Putin has not made a final decision on an invasion, and Russia denies any intention to attack. The Russian military released video showing drills alongside troops from Belarus, which they say are part of scheduled war games, including tanks and heavy mobile missile launchers and even long-range nuclear-capable bombers flying over Belarus. And in the Black Sea, Russia has up to 30 ships at the ready, including five amphibious assault ships that could be used for beach landing. For years, Vladimir Putin has poured money into the Russian military, which was once crumbling, seeking to reassure Russian dominance in the region. This is a military that's backed by a lot of firepower, a lot of air power, naval power, Russian Navy's gathering in the Mediterranean. It's very different from sort of the past uh, remembrance of the poor Russian military performance in the 90s. Over the weekend, U.S. troops arrived in Eastern Europe to reinforce NATO, and more U.S. military equipment arrived in Ukraine as the window for diplomacy narrows. Ukrainians we've spoken with here don't see the situation in the same dire terms the Pentagon does. They've lived with Russian threats and aggression for years. One woman telling me, Putin is crazy, but he won't invade because she said America will help us. You know, one of the things, um, and again, folks, good afternoon at 156. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Let, let, let's face it and be reasonable. You don't build up a military like that. Unless then you want an opportunity to use it. You don't, who buys an expensive, flashy red convertible and then just keeps it parked in the garage all year, all summer, never taking it out? Nope, that's not why you get it. He has built up because he wants to show the world the military strength of Russia. He wants to send a message. He wants a land grab. He wants more territory. And maybe the Ukrainian people don't have all the intelligence. Something else that is, it's, it's very important to point out to you. And that is, remember, the efforts of misinformation. Because what Putin and Russia will do is they will depict this, that they were attacked by Ukraine. 
they will depict this that they were attacked by Ukraine. And they had they had every right to respond after they were attacked. They will then carry out a disinformation, misinformation campaign to continually put that out there. That Russia was the one who was the victim here and attacked by Ukraine. That's when then that will really kick in. Everything has been a warm-up to this, the misinformation campaigns they do. And there you have a group of pacifists and Black Lives Matter and other prominent Democrats at the Rhode Island State House and their message to President Biden and the Rhode Island delegation of Cicilline, Langevin, White House, and Senator Jack Reed is, you are to demand diplomacy. You are to demand diplomacy with Putin. As if, you know, that that's... That's actually even insulting on its face. I mean, obviously, they would like to do that. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is sponsored by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Bricknick Hill Road in Lincoln. What are you doing right now? Pop in there for lunch or a drink. Full bar, large dining area, delicious food and a great crowd. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Bricknick Hill Road in Lincoln. So now closer to home, um, Governor McKee the, the battle over mass and mass in school is not going away. The governor of New Jersey has already said that in March he's going to let local districts decide. I think you will also start to see. I think that's where Governor McKee is going to move into. I think that Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, he's going to opt for that. He's going to say, I've decided that we're going to allow, um, they're going to allow, um, that you, you decide. I'm not deciding anything. It's going to be up to individual districts that want to decide it. That's what I think is going to happen uh, with this whole thing, that it's, it's not going to be so much as if he would make the decision. Folks, it's John DePietro. Listen, enjoy. WNRI, socket.